Oh, yes. The slouches. We're back in the house. Happy Saturday, everybody. It's the Gimme Zone. I am Josh Elmer, alongside Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds. As always, the Gimme Zone is brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, locations right here in Oklahoma City, Tulsa. They'll get you covered, 405-361-3094. In Tulsa, 918-984-5475. We've got a lot to recap from last week. We've got Sam Burns repeating as the Valspar champion. We've got match play in progress, WGC Technologies Championship. How do you guys feel about match play on the PGA Tour? I, I dig it. I think it's fun to watch. But what are your guys' feelings on match play? Having the majors be where just one of them would be match play, to me, would be pretty cool. This is one of my favorite weeks because we just don't get it very often. We have it, obviously, at the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup, those type of things. We have this once a year, but Brian, I would like, I know it won't happen probably, but I would like one of the majors to go back because that's the way it used to be, and it's a different style of golf, so you have to be a different, I don't say a different level of player, but it's a different mindset. Yeah, Matt, match play is fantastic, I think, and I think that's one of the things that makes the Ryder Cup so great, right? Not that it's just, you know, Europe versus the United States, it's the fact that it's match play. Right. You know, and what you'll see is... Guys really know how to manage the course and match play and the, and really calculating when to take their chances. And just look, you, you see in this tournament, you know, they have to go through kind of a pool play to get to today's bracket play. So if you have one bad match, you still have a chance to make up for that. But what you see is many of the same guys year after year get through their pool, right? Mm-hmm. Billy Horschel, really good match play player. Kevin Kisner. Really good match play player. So we're, we're right. We're seeing a lot of those. And uh, Josh, for the Sooner fans out there, big name, Abe Answer. How about this? He hasn't trailed not one time in any match so far in this tournament. That's Absolutely am- incredible. That's amazing. And obviously started with 64, down to 16, the round of 16. It's uh, set. It's underway. Colin Morikawa, who Abraham Answer is tangoing with here in the round of 16, the Rest of the round of 16 matchups held to seeding. John Rahm versus Brooks Kepka, uh, Dustin Johnson versus Richard Bland. That was a shocker. Kanaya and Connors. And let's see, Power, Hatton, Scheffler versus Horschel. And then Will Zalatoris versus Kevin Na and Kevin Kisner versus Adam Scott. Brian, you play with some guys, obviously, and I play with some guys as well that uh, – Shoot, there's some guys in their 60s that are really, really good. What Richard Bland's doing, this guy has reinvented his career as he has turned the clock towards 50. Uh, he was able to beat DeChambeau, Gooch, and just roll through that group that I really thought would be Gooch or DeChambeau, but give him credit. And this is kind of just the you know revitalization of his career over the last few years. No, you're right, Matt. I can't imagine that most people even know who Richard Bland is. They're like, who? How'd this guy get through? Well, you know, when you hit it straight, fairways and greens, you look at the guys that are in this round of 16 that are fairways and greens guys, A. Manser, like you hit on earlier, Matt, classic example. You put a lot of pressure on your opponent when you're right down the middle every time. And when they're in the tall grass, or as Billy Horschel was just a moment ago, duck hooking it left into the water, 
it puts even more pressure on him. So it's it's incredible. And it's, there's a match today. You know, speaking of Bland, he's playing DJ Josh. Most obviously wouldn't give him a chance, but you just never know. So the and if you're just waking up this morning, listening to us, keep us on the dial or keep us on the app and keep listening. But the golf is on, so I encourage you to turn that on and listen to us. That's right. Yes, mute those guys and. Fire up the gimme zone right here. So, wait, one of the major championships used to be match play? I never knew that. Yes, it did. Brian would know more than me because I'm fresh into it, but I I believe it used to be – let's see if I can guess it right. Either the U.S. Open or the PGA, if I had to guess one of those Yeah, two. I think it was U.S. Open back in the day. It's been a bit. But um, I tell you, you know, we're sitting as we're sitting here again, Abe goes two up, you know. The guy just keeps putting pressure on him. And, you know, Morikawa, Josh, as you know, is probably thought of as the best young player out there right now. Sure. I mean, it's either him or Victor Hovland, right? I mean, Matt, do you, anybody else I'm missing? I think those are the those are the guys that are in that range. And if Abe, his stardom continues to rise, this is a tournament where he goes out and wins this thing and goes to a Morikawa and then on the other side, you know, he's probably going to get a, a Corey Connors type guy. All of a sudden, he gets in the Final Four. His brand is just going to continue to elevate, which is great for him, great for Oklahoma as a state, great for, obviously, the school as well. And friendly announcement, Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble right around the corner on the show. So I'm sure that he is very dialed in to what's going on with Abraham Answer in this uh, match play tournament. Sam Burns, last week victorious at the Valspar Championship, and he uh, – No one on the show picked him. No one on the show picked him. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a kidding. minute. Come on, Matt. I'm just kidding. Brian rare, picked rare, him. As my Brian wife said, rarely am I right, but I was right about that one. He was, and Burns <laughs> wasn't the leader, so it wasn't like he was just picking the leader. And he, I was trying to figure out why you were patting yourself on the back, but now <laughs> you've jogged my memory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did have the Sam Burns pick accurate. And here was Sam Burns before last week. This was from Inside the Ropes on Sirius XM. Yeah, game feels great. Um, you know, I didn't play as well as I wanted, obviously, the final round last week. Um, just kind of ran out a little steam. and but played really well the week before in, in tough conditions. Um, played nice on Sunday at Bay Hill. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the game's turning in the right direction. Um, some of the things that I've been working on are starting to show on the golf course and in competition. And so... Uh, you know, that's always nice to see, and I'm uh, really just excited to get going here tomorrow afternoon. And if that wasn't a nice cup of coffee to get your morning started, if that wasn't just pure electricity right there in that <laughs> sound bite, then how about this one? Made a long putt for Murray here in round three. Did he make another one? Yes, he did! Ho-ho! Sam Burns on the second playoff hole beats Davis with that birdie. Sam Burns, Brian, he's he's a top 10 player of the world now, officially, according to the World Golf Rankings. And I, whether they had him there or not, what he's been able to do over the last year now with three victories is huge. Well, you know, what, you, what you're starting to see is, we've talked about this before, guys' games fit certain golf courses, and that was my reason in picking him for last week to defend is there's certain courses fit guys games. And if you look at our tournament, even today, our match play, this course doesn't necessarily just favor the bombers. Like some courses, this course has a lot of accuracy, you know, and so, you know, you have to have a lot of shot making and precision. And so 
This is a type of course where the guys like Abe that don't bang it out there forever have a great chance to go win this thing. Which I love. I think, you know, the more players that you bring into play, I think that's exciting. I like it when you can't just totally overpower a course. Obviously, there's a lot of those out there, Matt, that even if it's not designed that way to where you can overpower the course, simply, you know, being able to bomb it out there, you a lot of times can. So it's nice to have that fresh change of scenery where maybe that's not going to be a deciding factor in a tournament. It is, and you've got a mix of both, even at this course with DJ uh, Solid Drive. It was just ridiculous on Wednesday, 422 yards. Uh, just mind-boggling that you can hit the ball that far. So it does give you at least some holes, but a lot of the holes it's going to make you hit a really tight iron shot, especially in the water. Uh, and, you know, guys tend to fight that. You put one in the water left, and then, uh-oh, next hole you got another shot with water on your left. So you got to continue to be prepared for those tough tendencies. And for pros, it's not as hard, but hey, if you're watching, they hit them in the water too. They're not perfect. Do an opening timeout. We'll continue to react to Sam Burns' win last week at the Valspar, keep you updated on everything going on with the match play down in Austin. This uh, this morning, round of 16 underway. Abe Answer very much in the thick of things, playing well early. And, of course, Oklahoma Headman's golf coach Ryan Hibble joins us next. Josh Elmer, Matt Reynolds, Brian Vineyard, welcoming in the Headman's golf coach at Oklahoma next, Ryan Hibble, after this break. Gimme Zone, we're back with you. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds, as always, right here on The Ref. Sitting here watching our man Abe Answer. Duke it out with Colin Morikawa in the World Golf Championships Dell Technologies match play. And we welcome in, well, a big part of Abe's success. We welcome in Oklahoma Headman's golf coach Ryan Hibble to the show. Coach, happy Saturday. Good morning to you. I'm sure you are very much dialed into what's going on with Abe today. Yeah, he's doing great. I mean, Abe just continues to, to show that he's one of the better players in the world. And to be honest with you, uh, he and Colin have a lot of similarities. You know, they're not the longest guys out on tour, but a lot of fairways hit, a lot of greens hit. Um, and I, honestly, I'd give the edge, uh, you know, from a putting standpoint to, to Abe. Um, I think Colin probably hits it a little bit better, but uh, he doesn't hit it bad. So it's it's going to be an interesting match. Coach Hill, take us through the time. We see Abe now. He's obviously super talented. When you found him in junior college, what was that moment when you found him? Was it at a golf tournament? Was it at a practice? When was that moment? Yeah. Walk me through what you saw. Yeah, interesting, interesting question. Uh, I actually went to uh, – this was right when I got here to Oklahoma, and, and you guys know it's been documented. We, 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 we weren't very good as a golf program. We were having a hard time getting very much interest uh, from any type of high-level junior golfer. My first year here, and uh, we were sniffing around in the junior college – ranks and and i actually went to go down to texas uh to watch another juco kid um and you know i i just didn't quite like what i was seeing and it was a 36 whole day and um after after 18 uh, a guy by the name of abraham answer shot like 65 in this first round and he had already won about three times that year. And I'm like, I'm going to spend this whole afternoon watching this guy. I want to go see what he's got. And immediately in the first three holes, I knew that we needed to be on him. Um, and so we, we got on him very, very hard. Uh, 
he had a really good buddy who's who's a who's a nice player, Dustin Garza, up at Wichita State, and uh, that's kind of what it came down between that uh, in that recruiting process between us and Wichita State. And fortunately, uh, you know, we ended up winning out, and the rest is history because he came up here and and just toted us uh, for a couple years and helped us you know, look like so, so much better of a golf program, and, and a lot of it was because of him. We had a lot of other great guys um, helping with our golf program, but, but they certainly was an integral part of that, um, of, of the rebuild. Yeah, Coach, that's, uh, you know, I think every program, and, and basketball, you know, they always look back at OU and say, you know, the turning point in our program that put us on the map on a national stage was Wayman Tisdale. I think mm-hmm. for golf, that's a answer, right? No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, he, for instance, his first year here, which would have been 2010-2011 season, you know, A, we go to regionals for the first time in, you know, four or five years, and this would have been my second year. We go to Virginia Tech, and Abe wins the regional championship, which is a big deal in our sport. I mean, it really is. It's, it's it, You're playing high-level teams um and he goes out and wins we get through finish third at that regional championship so that gets us into carson creek the national championship at that time we probably weren't ready to go play in that tournament to be honest with you there's 30 teams uh arguably you know we were probably outside the top 30 at the time we might not have been ready but but abe's the type of guy that put us in that spot sure enough we go there we finished about 27th or 28th in the tournament but that was the start of, you know, what I think has been a very special run for us. And, um, you know, by that time next year, uh, we were at Riviera, and our expectations were way different. We had some some better players, some some more talent. The the culture had had really shifted, and uh, you know, we're at Riviera with a chance to make the final eight. Um, and again. There's a lot of other pieces to the puzzle, so it's not just about Abe for sure, but he was that turning point for us, there's no doubt. Coach, last week, first time in a while, you didn't go to a tournament and win it, and I (laughs) want to get your perspective on this, and you may call me crazy of what I'm about to say, but is there a moment, I know you never want your guys to go out and play bad, no one would ever obviously want that, however, last year we saw you get into regionals and you're bound to have a bad week at some point. We're human beings. Is it nice to kind of get that? Hopefully that bad week was last week for you guys. And you can get back on a roll or is that something you really care about? Think about it all as you go throughout this season, as we head towards regional play. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think about it necessarily by the ebb and flow of the season. I mean, we're, we're just really trying to tackle each and every day as, as they, as well as we possibly can uh, in our sport. There's no doubt that it's hard to come out and play you know, really good golf every single week. Just, I mean, take a look out on tour. The, those guys, it, it's outside of Target, Tiger Woods. Um, you know, it's just difficult to do that. But as a team, you can see, you can see teams get on runs where they have a hard time playing poor golf. You know, and and so I don't know if I really like to sit there and think, well, this is a good time to have a, an off week. Um, we just didn't. We weren't very sharp. Uh, we've played out there a couple other years, and we haven't looked very sharp on that golf course for whatever reason. Kind of a frustrating golf course if you're not taking it deep. You you find yourself looking around, going, "What am I doing here? Um, I'm I'm not very good." You know, there's a lot of 
uh, question marks going through your head going, how am I not four under par right now? And you look up and you're one over. And um, I, I just saw a lot of that. Um, we weren't very clean uh, with some short game, um, you know, with some of the easier holes. We just didn't dominate them like, like we needed to. And, and, you know, credit goes to Oklahoma State. Those guys, I mean, we didn't play great, but they played phenomenal, you know, and they just blistered everybody. So they did a great job. And, and you know, we're on to the next week. Uh, we're getting ready for Calusa Pines. Uh, we leave next Friday. It's going to be a, a great field, big-time golf course, probably the top 20, 25 golf course in the country that no one's really ever even talked about or, or heard about. It's great. And uh, Logan McAllister actually just got a spot into the Valero Texas Open. So he's not going to be with us, which is a great opportunity for somebody, um, you know, that maybe hasn't been playing quite as much to step up because we're going to need it. Talking with Oklahoma head men's golf coach Ryan Hibble right here on the Gimme Zone. What What's that moment like when you find out that Logan McAllister is going to the Valero Open there? And who are some of the names to keep an eye on that maybe could slot in to help you out? Well, the moments – you know, in our sport, because the PGA Tour kind of plays every week and college golf, that marriage between college golf and the PGA Tour has really become strong uh, because of this PGA Tour U ranking system. And, you know, our, our players are just ready to go play high-level professional golf. So the tour events like having young guys come on property because they, if they end up becoming a really good player, they want them to keep coming back to those events. Uh, so there's kind of a rhyme and reason why the tournament directors do that, but this is a great opportunity for Logan and, and it's part of our sport. Every once in a while, you're going to have a guy miss a tournament. We play from uh, early September until the end of May. I mean, my guys understand that, you know, you're not going to be missing events come postseason time, but if something like this happens, um, I mean, you know, Logan was still debating whether or not he was going to actually do it or not. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about it and it's just a great opportunity for him to go challenge himself against the best in the in the world and and uh you know it's also great for us i mean I, I you know we need to see our eyeballs on some of these guys that are in that kind of four five six slot uh we've been duking it out with jackson dow and stephen campbell jr and and ben lorenz and and uh one of those guys is gonna have, definitely gonna be playing um so we'll see what ends up shaking out but um you know i, I still believe in all of our guys and and our depth is it is is good enough to be able to go to a tournament like that and, and still feel like we we can go you know win it. Hey, coach, we were talking earlier uh, about how certain golf courses fit uh, you know the games of different players. And it sounds like you know the the NIT out in Tucson is one of those events that you know may not just line up for you guys uh, uh, the players' eyes. How does um, the Calusa Cup course? sit for you guys and your players how do you think uh, it fits your players i personally have played that it's a fantastic course you really nailed it when you said it's a hidden gem yeah no, there, there's no doubt it's a special place it's so unique because it's just not what you think about florida golf you know there's no homes on the golf course which is uh, just unique in itself um the green complexes are are special and they're the fastest bermuda greens you'll ever put on your entire life i mean it's like putting on downhill you know piece of glass um but i I, I, you know we we played well down there last year we won the golf tournament uh it was a completely different group of guys than we than we currently have so again how the golf course sets up once we get down there we kind of feel that out practice round 
time, but uh, you know you have to be able to ball strike it around there because, it, in particular, you know iron play, you've got to be able to put it in you know your ball in certain spots, or otherwise you're going to be um, you're going to be in some tough spots because the runoffs at Calusa are are strong. <laughs> you can find yourself in some precarious spots and trying to figure out how not to make double. Um, I got so, a lot of those, Coach, myself, so yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> you, you remember you remember a hole like number three, the little little, little par three uh, yes. right there? I mean, how dynamic that green is. And, you know, it's only going to be a 140-yard shot, but you got to have five guys that can go there and, and, and put it in a pretty small area, or otherwise that hole can make you look, you know, pretty silly. So, And there's a lot of that going on at Calusa, so I mean, I, you know, again, we, we'll break down the golf course kind of once we get there. And, honestly, all of our guys have different game plans. You know, it's not – you know, Chris Goddard's game plan on a golf course is different than, you know, Stephen Campbell. Uh, they just have completely different type of games. So, uh, just working through that with each guy is, is, is what we'll do. Coach, I wanted to thank you before we get you out of here. You've been such a helper for us bringing players onto the show and obviously joining us as well. And because of that, we, we've gotten to talk to Chris Goddard and Patrick Welch and Drew Goodman and all these players. I don't think I've gotten to ask you, though, Coach, what was your reaction to – and I know we're dating back a little bit several weeks here, but what was your reaction to Chris Goddard's individual win and then Patrick Welch's as well? I, you know, anytime guys can go win individually, it's just so special and, and fun to be a part of. As a team, and you know, this is a message we try and really help our guys understand. Um, individually, it, you, you can go a long, long career in our sport and not win hardly at all. So there's a lot of losses. But in team golf, we have a chance to win quite a bit if we have a good enough team. And uh, so when you couple that in, we were fortunate in both scenarios. We, we had team wins and individual wins. And so, yeah, we were over the moon for, for both of those guys. And obviously Chris got a PGA Tour start, goes down and finishes seventh in the PGA Tour event. And then Patrick Wells follows it up and wins, you know, arguably, you know, the, the, the best college event of the springtime and gets a PGA Tour start with that as well. Next fall time, he'll be out at the Shriners. So it's just amazing, like, just what these guys are able to do. And, you know, a lot of that's also to the credit of our schedule and us trying to play against the best every single week. I mean, you can't do that if you can't have these PGA Tour opportunities if you're not playing against the best. So we're thankful for everybody giving us the opportunity to go play in their events. And, and our guys, you know, they, they showed up. And, and uh, heck, we're looking to go do the same thing down at Calusa. Well, Coach, Thank you so much for your time again on this Saturday. We're all pulling for Abe. We're hoping that he can win this thing versus Morikawa today and obviously move on and just keep winning this week and capture a world golf championship. Wouldn't that be special? That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Coach, good luck down at Calusa. We'll talk again soon and appreciate your time as always. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Oklahoma. He is second WGC, by the way, if he does that. Second WGC for answer. He just went four up, by the way. So he's <laughs> in, control. in control. I mean, you talk match play, you get four up. I mean, let me flip that around. When you're four down at any point in match play, that's when panic starts happening. You're like, okay, I've got to force stuff now. I've got to make birdies. And you end up actually playing worse most of the time because if you try to force a birdie, that's when you end up making one of those dreaded others. Yeah, and 
then for Abe Answer or whoever it would be that's in that position of being four up, it's, hey, just just keep it steady, right, because somebody gets too aggressive. Well, in that guy's game, he doesn't give you a lot of opportunities because he's not going to spray the ball around like some of these bombers. And so you get four down to a guy like Abe, and he just pipes it right down the middle again, and you're just scratching your head going, what do I have to do to get a hole here? I guess I can tell everyone, which thank you, by the way, to Oklahoma Headman's golf coach, Ryan Hibble, who has been awesome for us, obviously joining the show this morning, but has been a big proponent in helping us get some of the great guests we've gotten from the Oklahoma program already throughout this spring. I should tell you as well, though, keep it locked in. We've got Andy Dillard around the corner, Brian Carnes as well, the championship director at the PGA of America. So you'll definitely you'll want to tune in for that as well. We're due... We're due a T.O. We'll take it. It's the Gimme Zone brought to us by the Territory Golf and Country Club down in Duncan. Hidden Gym in southwestern Oklahoma. I say Hidden Gym. It's consistently rated as a top ten course in the state. So contact Aaron Hess, 580-475-0075, extension 204 for membership opportunities. That's the Territory Golf and Country Club. Brian, Matt, Josh, right here on the Gimme Zone, taking a T.O. Back after this on The Ref. Gimme Zone, we're back with you. Josh Elmer, Matt Reynolds, Brian Vineyard, right here on The Ref, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. We welcome in one of our favorite guests to the Gimme Zone, Andy Dillard, Oklahoma State, great golfer, and, of course, former PGA Tour golfer, into the house right here on the Gimme Zone. Andy, how about your alma mater? Alan Bratton and Oklahoma State, they won the NIT at the Omni Tucson Nationals Catalina course. It's the second win already of the spring for Oklahoma State, third this season, and oh, by the way, they won it by 21 shots. What did you think of your alma mater's performance? Well, you know, you're always happy uh, when your alma mater, OSU, uh, wins a tournament. You're always happy when they do good. Um, as a former player, I don't want to sound bad, but, uh, and everything you do is important and everything you do the entire year is preparing you for the national championship. And at Oklahoma State, uh, the standards have been set high. The bar is set, just, the bar is set at a, a level that, your year is determined on one thing. You either win a national championship or you have not had a good year. So uh, all the tournaments you win during the year, they're very important. They're nice to have. Uh, they're stepping stones. Uh, winning breeds winning. But uh, at Oklahoma State, as former players, uh, you have – your year's judged on one thing. You either win a national championship and you've had a great year or you don't and you have not succeeded. So uh, uh, we will see how everything goes. Um, hopefully it'll go well for the Pokes. Um, me personally, in the last few years, they, uh, they have not done as well as they should have. We're not winning as many national championships at Oklahoma State as we should. Well, there's no question that the bar at Oklahoma State, it's that. It's national championships for the Cowboys. 39 wins 
now under the direction of head coach Alan Bratton. I know that, again, the bar is the national championship. That's uh, that's obvious, Andy. We've talked about that. But can you put into perspective what it means to have 39 total wins? Oh, it means you're doing something right. Um, but like I said, those wins mean nothing. That you get a trophy or a plaque that you said won some tournament. When the year's over, nobody remembers who won those tournaments. The only thing they remember is who won the national championship. Not who won the Big 12. That doesn't matter either. You either win that, you win the national championship, or you have not you you, you have not had a year that's acceptable at Oklahoma State. Maybe I've asked you this before, Andy. If I have, I apologize. What do you think of the way we determine a national champion in college golf? Television-wise, the match play portion of it, I think, is is great for viewers. But is that the right way to determine a national champion? No, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, That's a great question. I think the match play is great for television. Um, I think the actual, the best way to turn with a national champion is to have a 72-hole stroke play tournament. Um, let me throw this at you. Let's assume you win the stroke play portion of the tournament. Okay, you finish, you go sit in a hotel room after winning the stroke play. You know you're the best team. You just proved it. Now, you've got to go reprove yourself again. So, realistically, after medal play, the, the team that wins the stroke play part has the biggest disadvantage uh, mentally because as a player, you go, wait a minute, why do I have to go win again when I just proved I'm the best? So, uh, uh, the actual... Metal play, stroke play, I understand that it was set up for television. Um, I think it's time to realize that the almighty dollar in television doesn't always make things good or make it the best. If they want to do this tournament right, uh, they need to structure it just like the Masters, and you have 72 holes, and whoever shoots the score wins. <laughs> it's not very hard. Well, and I think there's room, Andy, for – if you go back to the stroke play determining the national champion, you could maybe have a separate match play category national champion too. I mean, I think there's room for both in college golf, is there not? Oh, there is. I wouldn't have them at the same time if you wanted to. I would be very careful when having two national championships. Uh, you can. I would. I would. I would think a match play tournament would be great but uh you only have one national champion uh it's 70 it should be 72 holes stroke plays stroke play and whoever shoots the lowest score wins keep it simple keep it honest uh don't try to fancy it up don't try to make it out more than uh what it maybe should be just go out and play and whoever wins wins well and really from the television angle of all of this if they ever did pivot to where they had maybe, say, the match play national championship at the end of the fall and then the spring would be stroke play, ultimately for the television networks, 
that's more inventory to work with, right? Absolutely, it would be more inventory. You know, you could have a uh, you could have a fall. Uh, I would be very careful in calling it a national championship. Um, you could have it the you could call it whatever you wanted to, uh, but the true national champion should come at the end of the year, seventy-two holes, stroke play. Obviously, you can you can uh, do those things on television because of the PGA Tour uh, knows what they're doing and people love watching that. So uh, from a viewer standpoint, it can be done. The actual match play, would I, I love match play as a player. Um, it's it's great to play and it's, it's, uh, it's great to watch too. You can have both, but you really need to be careful. There's only one national championship, and I think the way they have it structured now, uh, having a medal play and then a match play, it's actually a disaster for the team that's playing the best. Whoever, Whatever team wins the medal play version of it, they're sitting in their room with a huge disadvantage going into the first round of match play. No, I mean, I think that's a, absolutely a fair argument to be made, and I don't think you're alone in that opinion, I think there's a lot of people around college golf that probably feel similarly shifting to the PGA tour. Andy, speaking of match play, it is this week, the WGC match play Dell technologies championship from down in Austin. I know you've shared a little bit of your thoughts about match play on the PGA tour, but how do you feel about this event and then just match play in general on the PGA tour? I think it's a great change. I think it's a, a definite part of golf. Um, I think this tournament is placed in a great, in an excellent place on the schedule for the players. Um, I think people from watching it enjoy watching it. Uh, you know, it shows you what very little difference there is in the players out there. You can have a guy that's ranked number one in the world. And he go loses. He goes and loses to the 64th ranked player in the world. And you go, wow, what a huge upset! But when you watch him play, uh, you realize there's very, very small difference in all of these guys. So match play brings them in closer. Uh, and you don't have the favorites. A favorite isn't as big a favorite as you might think. Um, so. Uh, I think everybody wins with this type of golf tournament. Andy Dillard is our guest right here on the Gimme Zone. Speaking of match play, what are some of your own personal greatest match play experiences? Do a couple come to mind? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when I was, I was a, I say this humbly, I was a great match play player because I had a great short game and putt, and I was a great putter. Um, Actually, a match play tournament got my got me uh, introduced to Mike Holder at Oklahoma State. Bob Tway was a defending champion at the Transmiss, first team All American, and I was a little uh, chubby, fat high school player from Tyler, Texas, and uh, I qualified for medal for match play through two rounds of medal. Won my first two matches, and Bob Tway was a defending champion at the Transmiss. And uh, going into number 18, uh, we were all tied. 
um, I'd hit six greens for the day, and he had missed about two. Uh, I to show you this discrepancy, I had driver three iron to a par four, and he had driver nine iron. Uh, he went over the green. I made par. He made double. Um, he and Rafael Alicon went and called Mike Calder and said, "Hey, there's a little fat kid from Tyler, Texas." They can't hit the ball very good, but he can chip and putt like I've never seen. So uh, that was kind of how I got introduced to Coach Holder and uh, started me on my way to uh, getting to play a scholarship and to play at Oklahoma State University. That's a great story. Talking with Andy <laughs> Dillard here on the Gibby Zone. Hey, uh, we've got a U.S. Open uh, actually, a couple of U.S. Opens that have been awarded. The USGA awarding the 2034 and 2051 U.S. Opens to Oakland Hills Country Club in Detroit. I know that's a, a ways off, obviously, Andy, but it is a site that's hosted six U.S. Opens, three PGA Championships, a Ryder Cup. Fans out there will remember this was the site for the 2008 PGA Championship that Padraig Harrington won. And I guess they they had a fire out there, right, at the – the country club, so the USGA awarding the 2034-2051 U.S. Opens to Oakland Hills Country Club. What are your thoughts about just Oakland Hills getting awarded these two U.S. Opens? Oh, I think it's a good thing. Um, obviously, uh, the golf course is prepared for a U.S. Open. Um, they've held them before. They've had great champions. Uh you know, the USGA kind of picks courses that they can go in and and set up the way they want them to. And this course, this course fits their criteria uh, of the the things that they're looking for. So uh, I don't have anything bad to say. Um, uh, not a to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of hadn't really thought about that. But uh, if the USGA's is picking a golf course. They can go in, uh, work the golf course, get it ready over a year to what they're looking for and the, and the setup that they want. On the subject of majors, last question for you, Andy. Really appreciate your time, as always, here with us on the Gibby Zone. A couple of weeks out now. It's, it's here, the Masters 2022. Do you have a couple of golfers that you like as we near this event? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. It's kind of funny you asked that question. I really don't. You know, going into the Masters, you always think you know who the best players are and who's, who's, who's playing really good, and it, it never fails that those guys shoot a 78 the first round. Um, you know, the Masters really isn't that difficult the golf tournament to win you don't have that many guys to beat uh uh you don't have to the number of players that you're competing against are very few um so it's much easier to win the masters than it is a pga tour event you kind of look at guys that are trending who are playing well who can hit the ball long which is quite a few of them uh, a lot will depend on the weather. If you have good weather, it will favor a bomber, a guy who hits it long. Sam Burns comes to mind. Young kid, hits it forever. 
Uh, obviously, he's playing well. Uh, Justin Thomas, I'm not sure if that golf course fits his eye. He likes to fade the ball. Um, it, it asks you to turn it over right to left. So, uh, Xander Shoffley's played well there in the past. He hasn't shown an ability to, to win tournaments. Bubba Watson's been poofing around a little bit. Um, uh, you know, obviously Phil Mickelson's not going to be there. Uh, thanks to his big fat mouth, which is wonderful. Um, uh, so, uh, I don't really have a favorite as of right now who I'm looking at. Maybe I will in a week or so. We'll see. But uh, you look at guys who are trending, you guys who have been playing pretty good. Uh, Sam Burns comes to mind. You know, you've had so many young guys uh, pop up and win some golf tournaments that you really wouldn't call a household name. I would tend to say that tournament's pretty wide open right now. It definitely feels that way. I'm just looking at the Masters odds. This is according to what I'm looking at right here from CBS. John Rahm is the betting favorite at eight to one. McElroy, Spieth, Morikawa—they're all twelve to one. Dustin Johnson and Thomas—they are fourteen to one. DeChambeau, sixteen to one. Kepka a little bit <laughs> further back with Shoffley at eighteen to one. And you know, a name that I think is worth maybe considering for a flyer out there. How about Victor Hovland? At 22 to 1, has played some really great hey, golf. Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler. Um, I would take those two guys quicker than I, as much as I would take the list that you read before. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about guys that are trending. Scotty Scheffler, uh, that kid's playing good. That, I mean, real good. <laughs> so, uh, Victor Hovland is. If, if Victor can stay out of his own way, uh, I don't know if Victor had chips well enough yet to win the Masters. Hopefully I'm wrong, because I'm a huge fan of Victor Hovland, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, uh, but, uh, and there's not hardly anybody I'd rather see win, win that tournament than him. So, uh, but I'm just not sure, uh, if his chipping is good enough to win that tournament. Well, we will all find out together here shortly enough. It's just a couple of weeks away now, crazy to say. Andy, hey, appreciate your time as always. Before we get you out of here, I know that you're available for lessons. Let everybody know how they can get in touch with you if they need to fine-tune that golf game. Yes, thank you. 405-535-2529. That's my cell phone. That's 405-535-2529. If you want to learn exactly what the guys you're watching on television is doing. Uh, give me a call. I don't teach a bunch of nonsense. Uh, I teach truth, and uh, uh, it's very easy and very simple. People tend to make things out to be much more difficult than they really are. So if you uh, want to get better, give me a call. Andy Dillard, you're the best. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the golf, and we'll catch up next week. Hey, thank you. I look forward to it. Right here, it's the Gimme Zone. Want to hear from you folks this morning. Give us a call. Law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000 is the number to call, or the Air Comfort Solutions text line as well, 405-651-3439. Do one final break of hour number one. Don't forget, don't go anywhere. 
Brian Carnes right around the corner, 11-15, to join us right here on the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer, Matt Reynolds, Brian Vineyard in the house with you. We got time to squeeze you in, though, these next couple of segments before we welcome in Brian Carnes right here on The Wrap. Welcome back to the Gimme Zone. Indoor 18 is Oklahoma City's home for indoor golf practice. If you've ever wanted to use the same technologies the pros are using for your game, look no further than Indoor 18. They've got three TrackMan golf bays. You can dial in your numbers. You can go play a round of golf in about an hour on one of their over 120 courses, many of them our PGA Tour courses as well. Plus, they've got a club repair shop on site where they can get you adjustments that are needed for your grips, shafts, and loft and lies. Visit their website at indoor18.com or give them a call 405-432-GOLF for more information or to book a reservation. Always a great spot, and as it is getting warmer, you probably your numbers are going to increase a little bit. Uh, you need to know those carry numbers, the average numbers on your clubs. It's a great place to stop by. Brian, always good to see these pros sometimes have a struggle. And we just watched Colin Morikawa go down five to Abe Answer and chucked his ball about as far as he could into the lovely water there on nine. No, that's always funny. Um, you know, we're used to seeing it in our own groups, you know, where somebody gets mad and it might be a little club that slips out of their hand a little bit or uh, on purpose or whatnot, you know. But I think uh, my, my favorite is Stenson, though. When he gets mad, he just puts it right over his knee and breaks it. It's hilarious. As Caddy's looking at him like, uh, we're going to need that club at some point. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Kissing goodbye. Want to say good morning to OU Architect, who has checked in with us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. The architect from Poland across the pond says, played my first round of golf for the new season today. Courses in Poland open up this week. This The intense simulator work in the winter has paid off. Sounds like he's been at one of those places like an indoor 18, uh, working inside when you, uh, I'm assuming it's very, very cold there in the winter. So uh, that would make some sense. So good good for you. Hopefully uh, you have a great golf season and the simulator work continues to pay off. Don't don't quit working. You got to keep, keep the game up. Hey, hey guys, our man Abe Answer is just absolutely trucking Colin Morikawa, right? He's five up. Five up, yeah. He's five rolling. up through nine now. The uh, rest of the round of 16 scoreboard leaderboard looks like this billy horschel and scotty scheffler they are tied through 15 same as power four up over terrell hatton that is uh through 14 dustin johnson two up on mr bland through 13 brooks kepka one up over john rom adam scott he is one up on kevin kisner Will Zalatoris, three up, through 11 over Kevin Na. And let's see here. Connors, two up over Kanaya. And that is what? Through 10 holes of play. So that's where the matches stand right now from the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship. The best match coming down the stretch out of all those is probably going to be Rom against Kepka. And with it being just a one-hole lead through 12, it's it's going to be two of the better players, obviously, in the world, but also two of, I would say, the better social media guys in the world as Brooks has really learned how to use social media. And Rom, not that he's the biggest on social media, but he's gives us a lot of clips because he's a guy that can get angry. He's also a guy that can make some of the best shots that you just go, wow, how did he make that? I love the exchange 
was that yesterday when Kepka won and yes with uh, Lowry? Yeah, Lowry. And La- gave Lowry him. shoved him like, he, and, and there was people that were like, "Oh, was he mad?" And then obviously they he was just messing with them. But just having. Fun. We need more of that. We need more of that. That's the end of hour number one. We'll keep it rolling next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the Rev. Hour number two. It's the Gimme Zone. Hope everybody's having a good weekend so far. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds. Sneaking up. The Masters 2022. We are awfully, awfully close. Here was Andy Dillard's thoughts on the Masters, who he likes going into this event. Going into the Masters, you always think you know who the best players are and who's who's playing really good, and it never fails if those guys shoot a 78. You know, the Masters really isn't that difficult, the golf tournament, to win. You don't have that many guys to beat. You don't have to – the number of players that you're – competing against are very few so it's much easier to win the masters than it is a pga tour event a lot will depend on the weather if you have good weather it will favor a bomber a guy who hits it long sam burns comes to mind young kid hits it forever uh, obviously he's playing well xander shoffley's played well there in the past he hasn't shown the ability to to win tournaments I don't really have a favorite as of right now who I'm looking at. Maybe I will in a week or so. We'll see. But uh, you look at guys who are trending, guys who have been playing pretty good. Okay, and I should tell you as well, Andy Dillard, you need golf lessons. Give him a call, 405-535-2529. What do you think about some of the thoughts that Andy shared there? I think he's right to some extent that, you know, obviously – you go. You want to go with somebody that is playing well. Where I, I would give him a little pushback is saying that it's easier to win that tournament than it is a PGA regular PGA Tour event. I see what he's saying. It's a limited field, but it's also a limited field with the best players in the world that are in this golf tournament. And it's at a very, very tough place where if you know the course, guys like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, who have played there and won there and played there so many times, they're going to have an edge over other guys that, you know, for our first timers, or maybe they're playing it for the second, third, fourth, you know, tournament that they've been able to play. The more time you spend on that golf course, it seems the better chance you have, and that's why those older guys have a real shot here if they've won. Yeah, Matt, you hit on something that uh, you know a lot of the older guys have talked about in the past is that, uh, you know, Augusta itself, you know, it's wide open, definitely favors the long hitter. However, because of the difficulty of the green complexes and around the greens, that's where that experience factor that you're talking about and having played that course multiple times really kicks in. And it's, it, you know, that's why you see guys like Phil and Tiger and some of these guys at what would be considered on the PGA Tour at advanced age come up and win a major when you may not have expected it. And, and, and you, you're probably correct, and that might be the only major that – they could win because of the nature of that golf course. Experience that they have at the course. They know how to win there. They know how to handle the galleries, what that emotion feels like coming down the home stretch on really just the weekend in general, but certainly back nine on Sunday. Though we found out no Phil Mickelson in this 2022 Masters. That's now official. And I'm looking at a USA Today sports story right here where Tiger Woods is still listed in the field. Feels like that's a stretch that he's not going to be playing in this event. He's playing. I'm telling you guys, he's playing I in the hope event. You're I don't right. have any 
I have no inside sources, but I don't think Tiger Woods would let himself be still listed here if he wasn't at least trying to play. I think he would have pulled himself, just like Phil. Think about this. Phil pulled himself out, and obviously for different reasons, I understand. But still, Phil told them, hey, go ahead and take me out. Don't don't even let it, you know, people wonder if I'm coming or not. Go ahead and let him take me out. Why else would Tiger Woods not be taken out of this field if he's not at least trying? I'm not. He may not get there. He may have an injury. He may have something pop up, but I think he's going to try to play. You heard it first right here on the Gimme Zone. Tiger Woods has texted Matt Reynolds, yes, and he got, is got in the, inside the scoop. field. He is reporting. That is Scoop Reynolds on the case I, for you right here. Now, if it happens, then I'll claim it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we'll have the tape right here then. Well, guys, let's talk about Phil real quick. Josh? Do we feel like Phil has a double secret suspension? Is that what we feel like's going on here? Yeah, it, if you buy into these sorts of things, feels a little Michael Jordan esque that maybe he got the, you know, behind closed doors. Yet yeah, we don't want you out here on the PGA tour for a hot minute, which is disappointing. This Masters Championship, any of these PGA tour events. I mean, you want that type of star power out on the course and definitely for the masters where he's what won that event three times over the course of his career. And now he's not going to be there. I think the fans lose in this deal, even though I think probably Phil Mickelson would have heard it a good bit from the fans. So maybe that part wouldn't have been super comfortable for him. But ultimately I think that by and large, he probably would have gotten a warmer reception, especially at Augusta national, a place where he has won three times if he was going to come back to the PGA Tour anytime soon, that would have been maybe the place to do it. And now, unfortunately, television viewers, the folks in the gallery, everybody's deprived of that here. I think it's disappointing. Matt, I don't know what you think, but I'm going to take the flip side of something Josh said, just just for the sake of a little banter here. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. What I think is this. I don't think the fans will do anything but welcome Phil Mickelson because I don't think the fans care one way or another about this. Am I wrong, Matt? I I would say you're right. Uh, just I quite frankly don't think the fans will heckle him or give him that. Uh, there was actually a third party, I guess, who had a lot of time on their hands. That normal, it's from the look of their site, it looks like they normally do political stuff. But they did a, a research of fans on Twitter, Facebook, and I think Instagram versus Phil Mickelson once the Shipnuck news came out, and 85 percent of it was in support of Phil. And so, yes, there's always going to be some detractors, of course. Uh, the the hard part for me is either there was a suspension or Shipnuck has said on record multiple times now that in his book there's going to be way worse things that it are about Phil Mickelson than what was in that little excerpt. If there's worse things, which I still stand by, he didn't – I mean, he said a few curse words, but he didn't do anything terrible – and in, he said some what, things that are true. Yeah, he said everything he said was true, which is what we want from players. And so you can't now say, oh, well, you know, he, he was too truthful. Okay, come on now. But maybe there's something in that book. That book, I just looked it up, it comes out May 17th, which is the week before the PGA. If that book does have a lot of bad stuff, well, then maybe Phil's saying, hey, I'm going to let that book come out and come out later and play. Or the ultimate that makes some sense, live golf. It just got announced. When's the first event? Oh, it's in June. Maybe that's where we're going to see him. It's in June at Live Golf playing for a bunch of money. I don't know. I would, Man, I hope we see him in the PGA Championship defending. That uh, would suck if he's not there, honestly. It would really suck. 
with you know obviously the PGA Championship being here in Tulsa yeah. at Southern Hills, it would. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a great championship. It's going to be a great event either way. But it would. You'd like to see Phil Mickelson there, right? For sure, Josh. And actually, this is going to sound silly because he hasn't played well. But I think Southern Hills is a type of course Phil could play really well on. The the unknowing of the situation, you just don't know. if Maybe he is suspended and we don't know about it. Obviously, we're not. they're going to keep it under wraps. I'm sure if that's the case. I don't think he's hurt. Um, so, I mean, I... I, there's so many difficulties, but our next guest, Brian Carnes, literally is in charge of the tournament at Southern Hills. <laughs> right. So we can ask him. I'm sure he's not going to be able to tell us much more than what we know, but we can at least ask him about the process because he is directly involved with the players who either are accepted because they won a tournament or there were, you know, their official goal, uh, world golf ranking is high enough versus, hey, they're already pulling out. I don't think Phil's pulled out of that tournament yet, but... You know, who knows? We could break some news, I guess, in a yeah, couple of minutes. Yeah, I mean, what a better place to break something like that than right here on the Gimme Zone, right, Josh? Absolutely. Break? We're going to find out here shortly whether Tiger Woods and Phil Mickerson are going to be playing at the PGA, right? That's the hope. And Southern Hills, you talk about Phil coming back to, you know, hey, just one last year at the PGA. Southern Hills was also the site when Tiger Woods won the last time it was at Southern Hills uh, for a major. So, you kind of have two guys who are returning to defend their title if both can return, which would be a pipe dream maybe at this point. That walk up the 18th is going to be tough on Tiger's leg. Very tough. Very tough. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's let's clear the stage, if you will, for Brian Carnes. Tell you real quick before we hop to a T.O. The Gimme Zone brought to us by the Territory Golf and Country Club out in Duncan. Consistently a top 10 course in Oklahoma. Fantastic layout. You got to check it out. Beautiful stage stand creek meandering throughout. Fantastic amenities, such as the Prairie House Restaurant, their practice facility. Contact Aaron Hess out there at the Territory Golf and Country Club, 580-475-0075, extension 2044 for membership opportunities. Brian Carnes joins us next. Right here. It's the Gimme Zone. Keep it locked in on the wrap. Welcome back to the Gimme Zone. It is Josh Helmer, Brian Vineyard, and Matt Reynolds. And we are joined by Brian Carnes, who is the championship director at PGA of America and is in charge directly of last year's and this year's uh, major championship. Last year's being the senior. Uh, this year we flipped where you've got the young guns and, you know, hey, a few older guys too, but that are very, very talented. Obviously, Southern Hills is an absolute Fantastic location. Brian, we appreciate the time. Let's start off with the heavy hitter question. All right. We see Tiger Woods is still in the field for the Masters. Tiger and Phil are the two that they're the older guys, but they're the you know attractions for sure. Neither of them have pulled out from the event yet. Technically, they're still in the field as far as we know. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, both obviously have uh, lifetime exemptions uh, to the PGA Championship, so... Uh... You know, I think a little bit of uncertainty uh, as it relates to both, but it's certainly encouraging that, you know, certainly from a Tiger standpoint, uh, to see him still in the field in the Masters. And I think, you know, every day closer uh, that he is still in that sort of active field category, uh, I think it's going to build excitement. And, you know, what's exciting for us is that we've, um, you know, the, the support, the interest, uh, tickets, corporate volunteers, everything that, that we, you know, 
sort of use to measure success of our championships, you know, we, we, we've had 10 out of 10 just based on the current field. And so you think about, you know, Tiger coming into the mix and, and really what that does in terms of just blowing the top off. Uh, it, it's pretty exciting. Um, but again, no, knowing that we're in such a good spot, uh, even, you know, without Tiger being in the field, uh, I think it's just going to be total bananas if uh, if he does commit. And I, I think certainly if he plays in the Masters, that's going to be a really, really good sign for us. Yeah, Brian, thanks again for coming on. But I think, uh, you know, golf fans in Oklahoma are great golf fans. And Southern Hills is always set up first class for events, provides an extremely challenging venue for the players. Walk us through in your mind, how the course is going to play differently this time for these PGA Tour guys than the last time they were here, given that we've had some some course renovations and changes? Yeah, I think, you know, probably one of the biggest things is, is just the length. I mean, Southern Hills, 15 years later, is, is like so many venues that are, are, you know, really trying to find a way um, to match just the length off the tee. Uh, and, and I think one of the ways that, that Southern Hills really, uh, really challenges guys is just, is, is the green complexes. I mean, you know, they, they obviously redid so much of it, uh, was it three years ago. And, um, you know, part of it was, was just the, the hydronics, what they put under the green. So, uh, certainly keeps them in much, much better shape, particularly through the winter. Uh, and that's a huge bonus for us, uh, in May, just because you don't have, uh, the full summer to get the golf course in shape. Uh, Superintendent Russ Myers out at Southern Hills is, is as good as it gets, but even for a guy that's at the top of the game, uh, you like the luxury of, uh, of a late summer championship. I think he's the only one because the heat is so brutal. As people remember in August, uh, May is much better from that standpoint. Um, but I think you know, you're going to see that be probably the biggest challenge. And that's honestly where having the senior PJ here last year was, was the biggest bonus. Um, you know, people ask oftentimes, you know, well, it's great. You got to do a dry rehearsal or a, or a dry run. And, and from an operation standpoint, outside the ropes, it's, you know, it's 10 times bigger. I mean, there's, there's so much that's like, it was great to see last year, but that's really not where we saw the benefit. But, uh, for Kerry Haig, who does all of our golf course setup to be able to see the best senior golfers in the world. And then most of them, you know, most of them, all of them are not hitting the ball as far um, you know, as your Bryson's and your DJ's and Rory's, uh, but you still got to see the way they, they play the golf course. And so there's a couple of tee boxes, uh, you know, namely 13, um, a few other locations, I think seven where they've really, really stretched it. Um, and so I think that's going to be the challenge, but the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think you're going to see like you did at the seniors that it's not going to be an even par, but it's not going to be a, a double-digit score either. So uh, we, we've had the great success over the years being able to, to kind of push and pull on, on some of the things that you can ratchet up uh, from a difficulty standpoint uh, at, at Southern Hills, and, and that's what's great uh, about the way uh, Kerry, uh, again, who does the golf course setup, operates is that, you know, if, if day one is, is a little little bit on the low-scoring side, then there's, there's adjustments to make, and, and that's really the, the hallmark of a great course. Brian Carnes, Championship Director at PGA of America, is with us here on the Gimme Zone. You touched on this, Brian, but if you could expound on it, I'm curious. How excited, how excited is everybody at Southern Hills that the PGA Championship has been moved up into the schedule in the month of May? And for other courses nationally, this, this opens up the door 
to host these types of events in a better portion of the calendar, what what does this mean for Southern Hills, and what does this mean for the game of golf? Well, I think starting with Southern Hills, it's a it's a you know feels in a lot of ways like uh, it's a kind of return a return to normal. Um, you know, you think back to ninety four oh one with the U.S. Open two thousand seven. Uh, I mean, that was a pretty significant run of major championships to have three in thirteen years. And so I think in a lot of ways, people uh, in this area felt like, hey, this is almost sort of a birthright. This is just the norm to have major championships uh, every seven, eight years. And so to, to go 15 years between 07 and, and 2022, um, you know, that feels like forever. So when, when you know, the championship moved up from 2030 to 2022, uh, I think it was a huge, huge just surge of momentum and excitement uh, for the club. They're, they're used to hosting championships that's really in the DNA of the club, both just from the prestige of the golf course, but, but also for what it does for the community. Um, you know, the kind of economic impact these large events have when you bring in a quarter million people into the Tulsa area and you really help raise the profile of the city as, as a major um, sports town. Um, despite not having a professional sports team, it is a professional sports town. So I think, um, you know, the, the, the city or, and the club are extremely excited, I think, for us. So you think about that May date change, uh, and, and you nailed it on the head. Um, when we were here in 07, not that we wouldn't return to a venue that, that had triple digits uh, all three or all four days of the championship, but, but it is. I mean, it, it's, that's the one thing people remember uh, in a lot of ways outside of Tiger winning was just how hot it was. And so when you, when you come in in May, it you know, maybe brings its own set of challenges from a you know, golf course preparedness, um, and, and you know, there's some unique weather challenges in May as well in terms of rain. Uh, but by and large, it, it really is a great opportunity for us um, to, to go to some different venues uh, to be more on the front side of um, of the golf calendar, there there was obviously something great about being the the last major of the year, but uh, but there was always this you know spot between the Masters and the U.S. Open that felt like it was just forever. You know, it was, you had the Masters and you had to wait so long uh, for for you know the, the next major championship, and so for us to slide in in May, I think so far it's it's been a great fit. Uh, you know, this is technically only the second full. PGA Championship we've done in May. Best page in 2019 was the first one, and then uh, obviously 2020 we had to postpone until till August, and then last year in, in Kiowa. So uh, I think for us it, it's a perfect fit to come to a venue like this to feel like, hey, we are finally back from the last two years of you know reduce this and and you know all the different protocols we had to go through. So certainly from a PGA standpoint, it's it's a great start, and we've got great venues uh, coming down the road. Um, so I know I'm excited and, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to some really good temperatures that week. We had last year at the Senior PGA, and, and so very optimistic that we'll get something similar this year. Talking with Brian Carnes of PGA of America, the 104th PGA Championship Championship Director. Brian, this has to be pretty special for you because you grew up here in Oklahoma. You went to Oklahoma State. Uh, you graduated from there. You got into uh, stuff with the PGA, and just looking at your pedigree, you've been the championship director of the 76th Senior PGA Championship, the 78th Senior uh, PGA Championship, the 80th Senior PGA Championship, the 81st last year uh, Senior PGA Championship, and now the 104th PGA Championship. This is the first one, you correct me if I'm wrong, that I'm seeing that is not a senior. So, one, that's got to be a, a special deal for you that's obviously elevated Plus, it's in a place where, well, it's home for you. 
Yeah, it really is. As certainly as I take stock of it, it's it's tough to to really articulate. I think that the added meaning of of being at home and you know you see when you look at that that list that you just rattled off. I mean, those were four different markets: French Lake, Indiana, um, you know, Rochester, New York, Washington D.C. So, you know, part of my job is moving around every two years and and sort of you know integrating into the community and and really helping build our brand and the markets that we run these championships. Uh, so you always feel like there's a little part of you that's, you know, invested in that community. There's always going to be a little part of me that feels, you know, connected to Rochester, New York. Um, so when you get the chance to come home and, and do it uh, at a venue that, you know, I was, I was 10 years old. I grew up in Stillwater when I came over in, in 1994 and saw Arnold Palmer play his last PGA championship. And, um, you know, my first internship with the PGA of America was in 07. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's a very much a, a full circle moment for me. Um, but but there's always that burden. I think coming from Oklahoma and, and and you know going all over the country for this, you come home and and you really want um, you know Oklahoma to show out. You really want Tulsa to get the credit that it deserves. Cause I think those of us that are here uh, certainly understand that that oftentimes in a, in a national landscape, it's very easy to overlook uh, the state and and Tulsa and Oklahoma City and. And I think those of us that are here realize that, you know, between the Thunder and, and Oklahoma City and the success they've had there, and then obviously everything Tulsa's been able to accomplish, um, I mean, this is this is a significant community. Um, you know, I think big things can happen here, and, and that's probably what I'm the most proud of is that uh, I mentioned it earlier, but so many of the metrics that we use to measure success, be it, you know, the corporate support, the volunteers, um, you know, we've, we've absolutely exceeded those things and, and are, are on par uh, with with the biggest markets in the country, and so I, I think what it says is that you know Tulsa is is capable of doing this, and and it means that you know not just golf events, but uh, other sporting events, other large scale um, you know type events are, are going to want to come to Tulsa, and so that's probably what means the most for me um, is a being able to do this here, but b just having the success that we've had because I think it really sets up the city and the state for for years to come until the next time we're back. Well, Brian, I've got to ask, being an Oklahoma guy like the like the rest of us are, well, Josh is a Kansas guy, I guess, initially, but same issues in Kansas. It seems to me every time we have majors in Oklahoma, they get the times when the wind doesn't blow. I would love to see the wind. Let's get a good 20-mile-an-hour wind every day and see what that does to them on that golf course and then see how maybe you know our guys with Oklahoma ties, they're used to battling those elements day in and day out doing that field. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I certainly would, would love to see when you think about the, the field of, of guys that, that are there between, um, you know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and their familiarity, um, you know, both with playing in the state and, and some of this weather. And then, you know, Southern Hills just having hosted, you know, a number of Big 12s. And um, a lot of these guys have a chance to come out and play when, when they're in school here. Uh, yeah, that, that would be great. I mean, there, there, there wouldn't be anything, uh, as much as I'm rooting for everyone. I mean, I feel like, you know, very much like that, uh, you know, soccer mom where you go, I'm just rooting for everyone. Just, I just want a great championship <laughs> and whoever wins wins. Um, you know, there is a part of me that that's obviously always rooting for, for the guys in, in orange and black and, uh, and so would love to see, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler or Victor Hovland, uh, Matt Wolf, any of those guys, um, you know, come through. And, and I, I do certainly think that there's going to be some advantage there because, you know, f- for a lot of these 
um, you know, players outside of maybe the opportunity to play in college or when the U.S. Amateur was here, uh, Southern Hills is, is going to be a new course um, to, a, to a good percentage of, of those guys. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I should probably be able to, to pull this at some point, but the number of players that were there in 07 that are, that are there um, in 2012, but certainly I would think that the, the, the favorites uh, that you're going to see coming in to, to the PGA Championship weren't here in 07. Uh, and so uh, it certainly gives the advantage to some of the local guys. Well, you should be able to set up for us pretty easily, right? Ricky Fowler, Taylor Gooch, Victor Hovland. Th- those guys should be in a group. Got to be. Yeah, well, that's the great thing, um, you know, about uh, how, how we do the golf course setup. Obviously, there's, you know, any major championship uh, from a pairing, uh, there's, there's going to be, you know, some of the marquee groups, and, and that always goes into account. So, uh uh, I, I think that all those storylines are, are, you know, a part of the equation, and so I would be surprised if we didn't have some mix of, of that, and, and that's what we're excited to see. You know, both from an Oklahoma State and Oklahoma standpoint, you've got Abe Answer. Uh, I don't know if there's any other guys at this point. I mean, uh, you know, obviously the windows is, is, is closing on, on qualifying, um, but I think that, uh, you know, to, to see the fans out there, that's just an added element that you don't get in a lot of other markets uh, is, is having, you know, such a passion for the, for the college athletes. I think that's unique to this state. I mean, you've got the arguably the two best golf programs in the country uh, here in, in Oklahoma, and, and they're producing, you know, tour guys year in, year out. So that, that's an added piece here that uh, you don't get in a lot of other markets. Obviously, we're in Rochester, New York. There's There's not a – you know, local school. There's a few local guys from there, um, but but in a lot of these other markets, I mean, you even think about a Louisville, Kentucky, where we are in 24. You know, Justin Thomas is from Louisville, but he went to Alabama. So to, to have so many of these guys that are that you know grew up or that, that went to college at Oklahoma State and that have kind of stuck around and still um, you know considered a badge of honor to to wear that logo on their bag, and um, it, it's really exciting to see what what's going on with golf and, and the state of Oklahoma, both at the professional and collegiate level. Brian, hey, thanks so much for your time. We are jacked up. We can't wait for this major championship at Southern Hills. I know that you and everybody involved have put all sorts of effort and time into this thing, and I have no doubts that it's going to be a sensational major championship. We'll talk again down the road, and we'll start breaking down a little bit more maybe what this course looks like, some holes for fans to be excited about as the major championship approaches. But, again, Brian, hey, thank you so much for taking time out for us. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. Brian Carnes. How about that? That was uh, pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, no kidding. A guy who literally, his job is to run the championship and rallying off. He mentioned it and kind of briefly skated by it. But really, what his job is, for people that don't know, pretty much moves every two years. And so this was a special deal because he had been in Tulsa for two years for the senior and then got to stay a little bit longer with them moving it from the Trump course to Southern Hills for this upcoming uh, golf season. So it's incredible, though. He's been all over the place. He mentioned a lot of the areas. It seems like a really fun job, but at the same time, if you guys think about it, I mean, the guy's moving his whole family pretty much every two years. That's got to be pretty tough. Well, he, hey, hey, Brian, if you're still listening, give us Kepka and DeChambeau in a pairing. Oh, How man. great would that be? And throw, throw Rom in with those guys, yeah. too, because Rom's pretty volatile. He'll – uh you know, he'll, he'll jazz up that group. They've got better. some interesting options they could throw out there. If Mickelson does wind up coming back to try and defend his major championship, 
I don't know, maybe pair Mickelson with a Rory McIlroy or some of these guys that have been vocal please, about him. Please, please. <laughs> well, we, we can create, you know, the boxing version of golf right here. That would Let's be awesome. Let's get ready to rumble. I don't think they need a ton of help with uh, pairings from us, but if you'd like some extra input, we can certainly well, here, provide some. Well, here's the some. deal. We talked about Phil earlier. They, you know, the uh, they did the study, 85% are in favor. I promise you guys, if he had Rory, Phil, and I, I don't even care who the third guy is, just put those two in there, there's no way the fans are supporting Rory. They're supporting Phil. <laughs> oh, and Rory's yeah. going to hear it all week long. Oh, yeah, for sure he will. He wasn't quite ready to totally, totally uh, reveal to us that, yeah, we've got an Oklahoma State trio pairing, but who knows? It, I mean, it maybe sounds, it based off what he said, he basically said, yes, OSU and OU guys will be paired. Yeah, no, that. So maybe an answer is in there with that group, and you, I don't know, or maybe it's just an all OSU group. He's right, too, uh, what he said. I mean, this is, this state, the love for, the two college programs here, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make for a cool environment at Southern Hills with all of the OU and Oklahoma State ties. All right, we uh, got to take another T.O. We'll come back, continue. Uh, well, I guess we should update you on the leaderboard, what's happening at the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship, and then we can continue to discuss the Masters. Anything else you guys want to dive into? We've got dates set up for the Live Golf schedule which we haven't gotten any of Brian's thoughts on that just yet. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll dive into all of those topics. Before we get out of here, it's the Gimme Zone on The Rev. Back with you, winding things down. Still time for you, though, to share some of your thoughts. Who do you like for the Masters? We're tick-tocking out of time. So if you want to share a Masters pick with us, you can do so. Just give us a call. Law offices of Rod Post at Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line 405 329 9,000 Air Comfort Solutions text line. That is yours as well, 405-651-3439. And want to thank, as always, great show sponsor, Elite Roofing Systems. Contact them in Norman and Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094, or in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. The website, EliteRoofOK.com, for all of your residential and commercial roofing needs abraham answer boys big dub we can confirm uh yes he it was not close not close brian at all uh, to even be in a contest when you get beat on the 12th hole that's pretty brutal yeah you rarely see in a pga tour uh match play uh scenario somebody get beat seven and six i mean that's just absolutely getting throttled it looks like it's going to be kind of what we thought earlier matt it's Corey Connors probably, unless uh, he just totally comes apart at the seams here late. He's leading Kanaya four up through 13. That's who Answer would face next. The other winners so far, Scotty Scheffler one up over Billy Horschel, so that was a, a great match there. Rematch of the championship last year at this tournament. That's right. right. Yes, uh, I had forgotten that. That is correct. Power four and three over Terrell Hatton wins. Uh, Dustin Johnson three and two over Bland. So let's see. We've got one quarterfinal setup and that's power and scheffler we think probably answer versus connors and then uh, we'll see about the rest the other one that i'm looking forward to dj's matchup as you look at down the stretch of this could be a just a phenomenal pairing if you have not just john ron brooks kepka and brooks kepka is ranked 16th 
you know, I'll put that in quotations. He's really a top 10 golfer in the world. But Rom and DJ, DJ not too long ago was number one in the world. So if that ends up happening or if you get Kepka, DJ, I'll take either one. Both those will be – that's probably the best match we're going to see here, Brian. But I know we're all pulling for Abe, and if you're listening, you're probably pulling for Abe as well. I would highly favor him against uh, Connors, but you just never know in match play. you got to go out there and play, and he's been playing some of the best golf of his career this week. Hadn't trailed in a match yet. That's absurd. Yeah, that's really hard to do, and you've played uh, four matches, and, and you, you've never trailed. Um, but the guy is – Mr. Consistent, fairways and greens, and he's really rolling the rock well right now, as you're seeing. And so he's got to be regarded as one of the favorites, one of the guys to beat right now. He's, I mean, who else? Like you said, Matt. Josh, what do you think? I think he's got a great shot, and I like his draw on that side of the bracket right now. I mean, obviously. On the easier side, for sure. Not having to deal with. Scheffler, the way he's been playing right now, I mean, getting by Morikawa feels like it was... That was his hardest match, I, I think, on this. Uh, he's on the right side of the bracket. Because if you look at the left side, John Ron, Brooks Kepka, DJ's over there. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who you know was in the finals last year. And yes, he beat him, but Billy Horschel was over there too. Who, mind you, he won this event last year. So there's so much, uh, you know, not to say the right side's easy, but... Am I scared of Will Zalatoris, Kevin Knock, Kevin Kisner, Adam Scott? Not as much as those other guys I just named. Yeah, I mean, you start tossing around the names. Rom, Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and Scheffler, That's all the way he's you, been Those going. first three is all you need, but then you throw in Scheffler, sure. and it's like, man, the dude just keeps winning. And by the way, if he wins this event, Brian, because that's I, – I think Scheffler is currently the favorite if you had to put odds on it right now. Answers playing really hot, but – the fact that Scheffler got to the finals in this event last year, if he were to win three out of his last five starts, I mean, that's that's some territory you just start looking at. It doesn't happen very often in golf. What certainly happened has not happened a lot in the last 10 years, Matt. Since it, Tiger, I guess I should say. I mean, say. right? I mean, well, Tiger's – he's the in his own playing field, right? You know, when he when Tiger was right, no, but his B or C game was better than everybody's A game. <laughs> right, right. And obviously his A game was – I'm going to – Beat you by eight plus strokes back in uh, those days. Just to your point, via Bovada, Scotty Scheffler, the outright outright live champion, betting odds right now. Yes, he is your favorite at four to one. Obviously, you know he's already advanced. Uh, Dustin Johnson plus four fifty. Abe Answer six to one right now odds to to win this WGC Dell match play. He's got third best odds. I you know if I was in Vegas, I'd probably put some money on Abe. That's a good bet considering he's playing the best, I think, on the course right now, and he's not the favorite. So you can get a little bit of value with that pick. Yeah, I think – how about power? Nine to one, though. That's, I mean, not, that's great value. Great pa- value. Why don't you parlay those two up together and see what that looks like? Yeah, get those two in the championship, and then you <laughs> automatically win. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice day in Vegas if you're able to do that. Anything particularly stand out to you guys from talking with Brian Carnes? You know, just the fact that – we have this major championship coming to Oklahoma, and I know for us that are in this Oklahoma City market, maybe you know it's viewed differently, but it's really not. It's in our state. It's right down the road. It's an hour and a half. We don't get these opportunities very often. And senior, this isn't to pour water on you know the senior tour on the PGA, but it's just not the same. It's just not. Uh, no, you're right. What yeah, it I mean, is. it's and different. This is going to be a show. This is going to be a show. I I got the. Oh, what a shot there. Uh, Kevin Kisner, 
out of the sand doing what he does, chips it in. Uh, but I, I I went to the Ocean Course last year, and it was a very limited uh, fan base. I, I want to say 8,000 or 10,000 a day. I loved it because it was very easy to follow the guys. So there's a part of me that's like, man, I wouldn't mind just pouring this thing down to 8,000 so you could watch it a little easier. But it's going to be a circus. It's going to be forty to 45,000 fans every day. That's crazy. Well, in Southern Hills, the way it sets up is much better viewing for fans than what the ocean course right. is. I mean, just just the different design features of the course allow that. And, and you know, you're going to get some fantastic finishes on 18. You know, you just hope it comes down to that because that is one of the best finishing holes in golf. It is. And it's very elevated, as you were mentioning, uh, Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, if he is playing in this tournament, uh, you'll kind of hold your breath as he walks up and hope, you know, he's able to make it. There's so many great storylines that could emerge in that major championship, and we'll just have to watch how it all plays out. If you're talking local ties, though, in storylines, Fowler having disappeared in relevance off the PGA Tour in so many ways, if he finds his way into contention at Southern Hills, I mean, that place is just going to be bonkers. To me, that's the top potential storyline. I don't view that as a very likely storyline, given what we've seen from Fowler over the last however many years. But if you're asking me to rank local storylines, I think that's top of the charts for me. I would say my top, and here give you some explanation why, Taylor Gooch in the final group having a chance to win this would be my top of the top story. here Over Ricky, only because, yes, they played at Oklahoma State, both of them did. One grew up in Midwest City, Oklahoma, though, that just was a little different. So that from that element, I would put that at one. Ricky's probably two because it would be bigger than I think Hovland winning it just because, wow, Ricky Fowler's back. What a way to announce your back. More likely scenario, probably that Hovland and answer of the two local stories. Those are probably the two that are likely to actually be in contention. Yeah, Josh, it feels like that things other than golf are priority to Ricky Fowler right Agreed. now. It just and that happens in life, right? You know that happens. He's making a lot of money on those commercials. He's similar to look, I love the guy, but Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's getting hammered for the same thing. He's great on commercials. He's making a lot of money over there. Same thing with Ricky, and you know both their plays as in the last uh, couple years. Well, for Baker, just one year, but for Ricky, it's been two, three years since he's been excellent. Yeah, I just think uh, Hovland, of all the guys we mentioned, probably has the best chance to win there because of his overall game and his length. And and the way he's playing. Well, for sure, Josh. I mean, he's really playing well. Number three in the world, so he's he's up there. It wouldn't be a shock to people if he won, but he hadn't won a major. So majors aren't easy to win. No, no, there's no doubt. The the guy we're looking at on the screen, John Rahm, he's won one. One. And it took a minute. Took a minute to get there. We got hot. We just have to have one of those local stories, though, in this major championship from Southern Hills. Just somebody. Whether it's Answer, I mean, Hovland, whoever, one of those guys. All right, we'll do one final timeout. We'll come back and uh, make some picks before we get out of here. Just a couple of minutes left here. Gimme Zone on the ref. Been a fun show. They're all fun, but especially fun Saturday show. Just nice to have everybody back in one place for this Saturday edition of the Gimme Zone. Well, it's only going to continue to get better as the tournaments get better, and you mentioned it. We're just two weeks away from the show being, I won't say at the Masters. 
Maybe one of these years, but uh, talking about the Masters. We can get a green screen and we can make it look like we're at the Masters. <laughs> uh, yeah, dial that up for us, Josh. Uh, it's it's incredible. And uh, the match play event this week is definitely elevated. Next week is kind of that kind of that law on the schedule, Brian, isn't it? Well, yeah, you just never wonder or never know which guys are really going to play next week. You know, a lot of them are committed and they back out. So all those guys like our guy Josh Krill and all that are – may not know if they're in that field next week. They they better be ready because they may be getting that call to say, all right, you're in the field. Sure. And Sam Burns, our now two-time defending champion at Valspar, he said, you know, I, I'd love to do the match play this week, but it's – He said it starts Wednesday. I'm hammered right now and it's Monday. <laughs> I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, so, I mean, he didn't do this event for some of the same reasons that a lot of guys obviously don't play next week who do you guys like i mean obviously we're all pulling for abe answer either of you two think he gets it done i do not i think scotty scheffler is going to win the event and i would have picked him before the event just he's a very good match play player he knows this course very well i think that plays into it uh not that i you know necessarily want him to win but i think that's probably the there's a reason he's the betting favorite right all right matt so we're just going to say you're a longhorn fan huh something like that i guess <laughs> well, I, I I agree with you. I think Scotty's got to be the favorite. And like Josh pointed out, he definitely is the betting favorite. But, you know, I'm going out on a limb and I am going to ride Abe. All right. I love it. Boomer Sooner, baby. I'll say uh, Dustin Johnson wins this thing. Um, should be fun, though. And obviously we're all pulling for answer to wind up this WGC Dell Technologies match play champion that's it for us fun edition we'll have the show up on the podcast very shortly thank you to all of our guests ryan hibble andy dillard and of course brian carnes as well everybody have a great saturday we'll see you next week